Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Well, like Josh mentioned, we are in a new series. I don't like that. Who likes the lady who's like pointing to the white? I don't like that. Um, she's Indian. Was that Indian? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Being an Anglo-Indian, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I love the question for this morning, and, and you guys have voted it in, which is really cool. Um, because uh, Pastor Nate and I were actually joking about this recently, how the question of the, you know, God, why do you take so long with my requests and my prayers and, you know, things that I'm seeking you for? Why do you take so long with those things? We feel like that's kind of been the story of our lives together anyway. Um, when it's come to, you know, starting lift, that, that was a journey, that was a process of waiting involved in that. Um, recently moving, relocating, um, coming here to Victoria Park, there was a process in that as well. And so we were like, this is cool, God, because we really feel like you've, you've helped us along the journey. And I've definitely felt that God has personally, like, been this coach for me, where he's just been um, helping me along this journey, kind of shouting from the sidelines and, and just training me, preparing me um, for these times where we're just waiting on God and, and, and the mystery around those seasons. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, but a few weeks ago, I uh, experienced my very first moving day. Um, so relocating, you know, once I got married and went in to move with Nate um, in our house in Canning Valley, that was pretty easy because... There was just me and my stuff and pretty much like I packed up my car and drove over to the new house and it was really easy, that's all I had. But moving days, once you've been established in a house for quite some time, is quite an ordeal. Um, and so uh, our moving day actually ended up being a moving weekend, um, but that's another story for another time. Um, but so when it comes to moving day, right, you have this thing called the settlement, the settlement of you know your property. Um, and so for us in, in that um, part of the equation was that three houses needed to line up for settlement, right? So it was the house that we sold, the house that we bought, and the house of the guy we bought our house from, his new house. You're tracking with me so far, I know, it's a bit confusing. But three houses, right? So they all had to line up. The settlement time had to line up. And now you've got to understand that settlement is actually quite an easy thing to do because literally it's like a click of a button or something, bank funds transfer to your know, appropriate account, and pretty much your agent meets you at the house and gives you the key. That's how easy it can be, should be, if everyone's you know, doing their work on time. Um, so that was all lined up, that was queued up, ready to go for a couple of Fridays ago, moving day was Friday. Um, our moving truck, that was all queued up and you know we got this really good company that was referred to us. So they were queued up for a certain time um, and that was all going really well. And then we had our furniture, of course, our new furniture being delivered in the afternoon to the new house. And, um, and so moving day came and we were so excited and you know, adrenaline pumping through our veins like, you know, you wake up and instantly it's like, bing, it's like Christmas almost. Um, and you're just excited and you're ready to go. And then um, at about 10 or 11 o'clock, we had a great bunch of people come over to help us clean the old house and, you know, shift things out, move things along. And it was all going really well, going really smoothly. And then that dreaded phone call came. So we received a phone call where um, the settlement uh, 
agents and people like that, they said, okay, your settlement's been pushed back um, a couple of hours. And so we're like, okay, that's cool. We can roll with that. That's still, that still works. You know, our moving truck needs some time to load up stuff. Um, and so it was all still going to work. And so like, cool, we can continue to do this. And then a couple of hours later, we got another phone call saying that settlement has been pushed to Monday. And so that threw a spanner in the works because what we had was everyone who had come to help us, their cars were full of our stuff, our house belongings, and they couldn't obviously go back to their homes a car full of our stuff. We needed some of those things. And um, so that was a little bit chaotic. And what we found was that with that one little factor, that one timing of that little factor of settlement completely threw everything off. And now that was just weekend, one weekend, which is totally fine. We can look back now, we're settled in our house pretty much, and, and we're like, ah, oh, what a funny weekend. It was a really short space of time, it's fine. But what I found was that the timing of things is really crucial. And what I found this weekend showed me was that when things don't go to our timeline or when we're needing to wait for something, we start to get frustrated. We, it, it starts to affect us. And I was thinking, why does this actually affect us? And it's because sometimes it comes at a cost to us. And so for us, really fortunately, my mum-in-law put us up in her home for the weekend. And so we didn't have to pay to accommodate ourselves or you know, food for that weekend. But for other people, it would have cost them all the time of that day. It would have cost them um, uh, having to reorganize the truck and new deliveries and all that kind of stuff, and then accommodation and things like that. So these things come at a cost. And so when we're experiencing delay, when it comes to the requests that we've put to God, we find that it begins to cost us. And what I found in these times of waiting in my life is that it began to cost me in an area that matters a lot, in an area that matters the most, and that was with my relationship with God. Not only did I begin asking, God, why is this taking so long? But beneath that, there were underlying questions of, God, do, do I not matter to you? God, do you even see me? Do, do you see my needs? Do you actually know what I need? Are you even listening? Because often we feel like, well, God is this big God, right? And he's so capable. So why don't he just press that button of settlement and, and get our prayer request to us? God, you're capable of that. And wouldn't that be so much easier? You know, I wouldn't be nagging you so much. And, you know, you can just get on with life. But what I found was that even in the waiting, that there's purpose to it. Even no matter how frustrating it is and the cost of it, there's still purpose to it. But, you know, what I found was that having those questions is fine. Having that cost briefly, like on this weekend, that was fine. But it's when we stay in that place of this just costing us, this delay costing us, that's when things start to get dangerous. What do I mean by that? In Psalm 37, verse 7, it says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. That can be so hard sometimes. <laughs> Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. 
refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. There's that warning again. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. I know we love parts of that verse, like those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land, and the land being the things that God has prepared for us. We will inherit as his sons and his daughters. We do have a great inheritance, and we love that part of things. But the part that I struggled with in, in the time where I've had to wait on God is the part where it says, do not fret. It's a lot easier said than done, right? What's fretting? It basically means worrying over an extended period of time, and it actually has this, um, if you look it up, it talks about this wearing down of your soul over a period of time. And so when we're not actually dealing with the cost of the delay, when we're not dealing with this wearing down of our heart and of our soul and of our faith, it's very dangerous territory. Now, this verse for me, when I first read it, there was a bit of a jump. It says, do not fret, it leads only to evil. And I thought, okay, that's a little bit loaded, right? I don't know about you, but you're kind of like, oh, sometimes when I worry, it doesn't really lead to evil. Like, I wouldn't call it evil. That's a pretty, you know, big word. Um, but I think what this scripture wanted to point out and what I certainly found in my life as well is that when we have that extended period of fretting, it actually can lead us down a path of wanting to take control over the situation for ourselves, um, And that's where evil steps in. Because the thing is, is that we do have an enemy. His name is Satan. We have an enemy of our soul. And what he desires to do in our lives is to get us to stop putting our trust in God and to put our trust in ourselves. And so when we're not dealing with this cost, when we're not dealing with fretting, we can very quickly get to that place where we're actually wanting to be Lord and Saviour and King and God of our own lives. And that's dangerous territory. You know, for Pastor Nate and I, um, a few years ago, we wanted to start um, a family. And a couple of years in, it looked like, you know, nothing was really happening. And so we um, we begun to think about alternatives. Not not for that reason per se, but we, we did go down that road anyway. And, um, and part of me really wanted to um, uh, go ahead with these alternatives for all the right reasons. Like, honestly, I can say, pure motive. It was for the right reasons. But there was this other part to me as well that was fretting. There was that other part of me that was saying, God, it doesn't look like you're doing uh, what I want you to do in this situation. And so I want to take things into my own hands. And, and there was a little part of me that that was kind of like, God, you know what? I can do this without you. I can, I can be God of my own life and I can make these things work. And so I had a glimpse of that fretting turning into evil into my life because it hardened me towards God. It hardened me towards him being Lord, being Savior, and being the one I could put my hope in. And so that's what this cost, this extended period of time can do. You know, it's okay to ask, God, why are you taking so long? I've asked that so many times. But what I've noticed is that it's not the most helpful thing, if I'm honest. It's not the most helpful question that we can ask when we're going through this situation. But there's a greater thing that we can ask God. 
we can ask him, God, what are you wanting to do in me in this season? Not why is this taking so long, but God, what do you want to do? What is the purpose to this delay? You know, we see a beautiful story in John chapter 9. If you've got your Bibles or your phones with you, you can go here with me. John chapter 9, verse 1 to 3. It's this, this account of how Jesus um, is going to heal, about to heal, um, this blind man. But the disciples aren't really focusing on what Jesus was going to do for this man. They were more focused on who they who the who the one is to blame. So let's read that now. As he, Jesus, went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, which means teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So you see what Jesus did there, right? He was saying, no, 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 no disciples. Finding someone to blame, that's not going to help this man in his situation. He's been blind from birth. Come on, we can do better than just appointing blame on someone. Because that's not actually going to bring any comfort to him. That's not actually going to bring some consolation to his state of blindness. But he was saying, disciples, switch your focus. See what God wants to do. See that there is a purpose in this man and his waiting to be healed. There's a purpose. You know, what I found when I was going through these seasons is that humans, we're so quick to blame. It's like if we can find someone or something to blame or if we can cast our blame towards God, it's like we think it's going to make us feel better. It's like... Um, we think we're going to be comforted by those things and consoled and, and you know, be given this reason that just helps so much for why we are waiting. But in reality, when I thought that, whenever I tried to reach for blame or, or reach, you know, to put that on someone or something else, it's never actually helped me understand. It's never actually helped me make sense of what's going on in my experience. And, and it's great, I'm seeing some nods here and, and you know, you can think back to times in your life where it's like, yeah, I've totally tried to just blame and, and blame God, but hasn't actually gotten me anywhere. And so I love what Jesus was doing with the disciples and he does that with us. He said, I believe that's what he wanted to do. You know, instead of reaching for things like blame, let's actually fix our eyes on what God what God could do, the potential, the God potential in this season of waiting. So this morning, how about you? Are you going through a situation right now where you're like, yeah, it's just because of this or it's just because of that and you're wanting that to get you through? But is it really getting you through? Is it really helping you in this season of waiting? I want you to kind of question Ask yourself that question. So I really believe this morning that God wants us to actually spend a bit of time and we make that time at the end of the experience to actually inquire of God, to go to God and ask Him, God, what do you want to do in this situation? What do you want to do? And so wanting, I wanted to personally look into this a little bit more for myself because going through these seasons, you can, you can get so tired of waiting and, and just so discouraged and so I was like, God, I, I don't want that to be the case. I want to look out for what you want to do. So there are a few things this morning that I just want to bring to you, I want to propose to you that God could be doing.
Now the first thing, which actually occurred a lot in the Bible. The first thing is this. In those periods of waiting, God's purpose could be that he wants to lead us to repentance. When there are things in our lives, when there's sin that we haven't dealt with, that could be something that God wants to do. And I know, uh, I picture like the rolling eyes emoji in my head where it's like, oh yeah, everything to do with sin. No. <laughs> I, I actually don't believe that. I believe sometimes that could be the reason, the purpose for our delay, but other times it's not. And what Jesus was trying to do with the disciples then, because the popular thought back then was that, yeah, everything was because of sin. Basically, what you could do if you were sick in your body was that people say, yeah, that's because you sinned or someone has sinned and, you know, you're caught up in that. So what you can go do is go to the temple, sacrifice, make sacrifices for that sin, have your sins washed away, have forgiveness come in that kind of a way, um, and then you would be healed. And as far as I know, that would happen sometimes, but a lot of the time it wouldn't happen as well. People would continue on in their sickness. And I don't know about you, but I've searched my heart before to look for God. What are those areas of sin in my life? Well, you know, because I'm so willing to bring them to you. I don't want this. I don't want to be bound by this. And I want to receive everything you have for me. So this is what's stopping me. God, get rid of it. Deal with it in me. But, you know, I've searched and searched, and sometimes I'm still just stuck where I am. You know, with this um, starting a family thing, when I was 14, I went through a bit of a um, season of anorexia and so that was one of the things that came to my mind when trying to start to have a family where I was thinking God you know back then is it because I sinned against my body back then is it because I wasn't placing the value and treating it the way that um, you would have me treat my body and so I searched and searched um, to find forgiveness for that and so um, I thought maybe that was that was the reason but Still, I, I could kind of like cross that off my list because we haven't started a family yet, but I know that it wasn't because of that. You know, Second Corinthians, Chronicles says, Second um, Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, turning from wicked ways, that's repentance. Then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will hear." heal their land. There's this idea again that sometimes sin is the thing that holds us back. And so I don't want to be too quick to cross that off my list and cross off that as being the purpose for while I was waiting. So for you here this morning, there could be areas of your life where you're asking God for things and you know you haven't received the fullness of it. Just do a heart check. And this morning we can do that. You know, we're going to have a bit of time of worship after experience and, and this is a safe space where between you and God you can check your heart and ask God God if there's any way in me that's not um, not right I want you to take care of it it's an awesome thing to check and you know what the Bible talks about again and again that God is rich in mercy and he's so generous in his forgiveness and so he will come and he will help you with that easy. so that's the first thing repentance could be the purpose of why there is delay in our lives. Another thing that um, I read and have certainly seen in my own life is that sometimes there's delay because of how God wants to improve us 
He wants to self-improve us. You know, ever since um, I became a Christian, um, 13, 16, between that time, God put a dream in my heart to have my own church, to pastor my own church. And so that that was something that I had um, uh, from, you know, years ago, but only now, about three years ago, had it become um, a realisation. There was that period of waiting, of having this dream, but I needed to wait to have it fulfilled. But during that period of waiting, God improved me. He put me in a position where I could serve in my previous church, where I was able to come on staff and just learn so much that has been a great asset and a great blessing in us being pastors today. In fact, I feel like a lot of that is what shaped me and, and made me the woman that I am, that, see, that season of waiting. And so I get really excited when I see people like Josh Kemp. You know, he just emceed this morning. But I get really excited seeing people like him where he is now serving our vision here at Lyft. And, and I know that in this time of waiting, where because he has dreams, and I believe you can just tell when he's up there. He, he wants to teach. He, he has a passion to teach the word of God. And, and so while he's waiting to do that, he's serving faithfully, and he is um, undergoing that self-improvement. And already we've seen just such a great change that he's been with us. Um, and it's amazing. And, and I really do believe that God is going to release great ministry through him because... In this waiting time, we're seeing the purpose of self-improvement. And, you know, sometimes it's not just practical skills. Sometimes it's character. Sometimes God places such a great call in our lives that we actually need to improve in on our character. We actually need to, um, you know, take up a hard working ethic or we need to grow in kindness. We need to grow in patience. And certainly that's something that I feel like we've grown in. Um, and, yeah. And I just experienced that for me going into, um, especially waiting for the house to sell and waiting to start a family, that I, um, it was like I had this child within me that wanted to throw a tantrum every time that God wasn't rocking up on time or giving me what I wanted, right? We all kind of had this inner child in us. And so for me, that's how I would deal with situations. I go to God, chuck my little tantrum, all fist, and, and, you know, that's how I dealt with things. But over this season, God has slowly, slowly worked on that inner child and he's helped me to mature up and to deal with things as an adult. He's taken me through that self-improvement process. So this morning, if you're waiting for something, if you know, you're waiting for that job opportunity or that career pathway that just hasn't opened up yet or even if it's healing of your, of your own body, if you're sick in your body, there's something that God wants to producing you that maybe no other season in your life can actually produce in you. He wants to improve you so that you're able to live out the fullness that he has for you. It's really all for us, the things that we go through, all for us and the people that we can reach for God. Which brings me to my third, um, the third purpose that um, God was placing on my heart and that's when we go through the waiting time purpose is purely for God's glory. And we see that illustrated in John 9 with the man who was blind. That he was blind from birth. That's a long time to wait for healing. But what a great thing it is to wait when, when it all means, when it all comes down to the fact that God is glorified. So looking into this passage a bit more, I was reading up on um, 
uh, what one of these theologians was saying, and, and he basically made this statement, which was such comfort to me when I was waiting. He said, he said God doesn't bring anything into our lives wherein which he cannot be glorified. And so, I kind of just had this moment of God. Nothing is wasted with you. No matter how crappy I feel about myself or about my situation, no matter how devalued I feel, God uses me in that kind of a way. You can use every single situation to reveal yourself, to use me as your vessel, as this, yeah, and it's such a privilege to be his vessel. God can use me for that. And so, um, yeah, what I found was that that became a great comfort to me, that this season held great value. And the thing is, as Christians, as people who are followers of Christ, our lives are not our own. There's a grander purpose that we can often see sometimes. There's us getting to know God for ourselves, and then there's us getting to know God, and our journey with God is put on display. The Bible talks about us being a light, being a lamp on a stand, where people can see, people can look on us and our lives and see God revealed through that. But, you know, oftentimes I find that this this purpose can be a bit of a struggle because I can't see it a lot of the time when I'm in it. But it's almost like at the end when I'm receiving what God has got for me, that's when I'm like, yeah, totally God. People can see you through this. But God dropped this thought into my heart and he said, it's through the process that people can see me as well. It's not always at that end point, at that end product, but it's throughout the process that God wants to reveal himself and he wants to be a light that's shining brightly in our lives. So those are the purposes that I've found in those times of waiting anyway. But, you know, once you've had that space where you can ask God, God, what purpose do you have for this season? Now it's a matter of deciding how you want to live. The current season out. You know, for me, um, we uh, had to declutter quite a lot of our house, um, moving here, a big part, because we downsized in Fairport. And um, we we noticed that we had so much baby gear, so many hand-me-downs, which is such a blessing and we're so, so grateful for. Um, but we found that it was just taking up a lot of room. And um, what I was finding is that I was caught between these two places of this current season and then this season to come, wanting to prepare to be a parent, you know, preparing practically, physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, all of these things. But what I found was that that had become a distraction to me um, and what God was doing in my life and the purposes that he had for me in this current season. And the things that he wanted me to begin and to start and to um, actually do with my time now I was putting off because of this maybe one day um, thing that I thought would eventually happen. And so this room, these rooms that we had full of boxes and baby gear just reminded me of those spaces in our lives where we um, where we have these spaces where we're like, oh God, uh, I don't want to declutter those spaces because I know one day they're going to they're gonna come in handy. But what I was finding was that it was those very spaces that God had a purpose for one. And so very practically, you know, these rooms are filled with baby stuff. In our new house, it's a guest room and a study. And those are much more usable spaces for us right now in this current um, 
circumstances in our own life. Um, but yeah, those rooms can really represent how we're living for the future, but we're missing out on the now. So we've got to work out how how can I work, how can I live in the now? And I know that there are some seasons that yes, we need to pretend for. Definitely there are. But then there are some things some things that because we're so caught up in preparing for those things that we actually miss out on the now. And there are a few things that God was putting on my heart to do, but I was just saying, you know what, God, um, I could get pregnant, so I don't think I should do those things. Trip to Hawaii, people, a trip to Hawaii. That was one of the things I was putting up. But then I was like, you know what, whatever. I'm not pregnant, so let's go to Hawaii. So I'm going to Hawaii in Thing, but 
it's something that we can be really practical about like what I've been talking about this morning. And so if that's you, we'd love to give that gift to you. But right now, why don't we say that prayer? Why don't we reconnect our hearts with God? You can repeat these words after me. Dear God, thank you for giving me a I'm done doing things on my own. I invite you into my life. Come and help me be my God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.